This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080, The Fan. I gotta catch my breath now. (laughs) Well, welcome into Sports Sunday, everybody. We are here with you until 11 o'clock, as we are almost every Sunday, although I think we are going to be off next week for the station move. I think it's finally happening this weekend coming up. So this is our official last Sunday. I think so. Yes. Wow. Yes. It's been a hell of a ride, man. And you know what? On a day like today, although I love our location, I love being on the river. I think it's beautiful. Today is a perfect day to say, you know what? Screw this stupid location. And let's go somewhere else that there's going to be another bike race that blocks us from getting into the building. I couldn't be... (laughs) happier that we won't be blocked off from getting to this building it just happens once a year we talk about it every year and it's always the same problem although i think the two of us have kind of learned the game to it a little bit at least i know i have the fact that you're here on time although close uh is better than the first few years of this where you had to wait to like find a parking spot nowhere near where we were and you were like running down the street to get here yeah yeah i uh i got very fortunate today well at first i was nervous because i was on 26 coming in and normally what happens is every exit is open until i get to mccadam and i'm blocked well they just closed the exit to 405 south and the ross island bridge on 26 it was just closed so i went great i can't even go the normal way to get there there's only one way that I could think of. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Rashad, or text line 503-250-1080. There was only one way to get into the South Waterfront from where I was, and that was through downtown and then over by, like, uh, I don't know, where McCormick and Schmicks is, like that little South Waterfront area. You can kind of cut down that way, and there's a couple of hotels and apartments down there, but that's blocked because NATO has all the bikers on it. And I was very fortunate. I I opened the window and I was like, hey, is there any way to get to the South Waterfront? Because they were directing people to go down NATO the other way. And he looked at me, he goes, what do you need to get down there for? I was like, work? None of your business, man. I got to go to work, though, bro. Work? He goes, okay. And then he, he, luckily, he didn't have to stop anybody. He just had me pull slightly forward. And then there was a huge gap in the bikers and I was able to go. So I got here like 15 minutes ago. This was the easiest year for me to get here. And I, I don't know if it's I've learned the strategy of rolling down the window and asking the police officer who's waving you to go that way. Hey, I need to get here and I need to for work and I need to get there in five minutes. Please let me through. And uh, I think it helps that I'm white because <laughs> I've not run into any issues with that. Yeah. So for me, it was it's typically like easier to get here on these days, harder to get it. Yes. So once we get to the to there's the, less people on the road, it seems like. Yes. So once we get to the space to where we're supposed to turn to 
come to the Odyssey station, like now it's like asking police if we can go through. And sometimes like, nope, keep going, keep moving, can't go here. The, and, the amount of times they'll say, they'll they'll push the problem off to another officer and say, go to that street. Yeah. That's and, the street you want to so go to. so now you have to. a line of cars that are waiting to turn right and no oh, ability that what to do so. It, so that that's not what happened today. So like you, every, every exit that I would typically take was closed. So go to um, Ross Island. Can't go there. Okay. It was like, maybe I can go around that little part of Ross Island. Nope, can't do that. So then I was like, okay, well, let me try to take NATO. Let's see what works there. Can't go. Every every entrance to, to NATO yep. is blocked off. Man, all right, well. They really me. don't want people driving during this event. No, they really don't. And so I had to drive, like, you know, all up and around the backside. And luckily, uh, the police officer was just letting people through that needed to turn right. So there was no need to you know, beg or plead and, you know, say, hey, please, I don't want to be late for work. Like, so it was just, it was, I just, I I mean, I respect bikers and I respect the grind and uh, respect well, the fact that. this is not the bikers' fault. It's not the bikers' They're fault, but you can't, but you can't help but to blame them, even <laughs> though it's like, you know, it's not their fault. They didn't do anything but go and participate in something that's going to keep them in shape and be fun. However, like, we don't blame the city or whomever is planning the event. We blame the bikers typically when this happens. No, I never do. I always do. I blame the city because they're closing roads. They're making it almost impossible to get into a neighborhood where people live and work. And that's not cool. I understand it's a Sunday morning, so it's it's, people shouldn't be at work at this point normally, but it's still people's homes. Yeah. What um, if you live down here? How are you supposed to get home? I, I tend to always like, Blame the blame the bikers. I'm like, man, I, and I know it's not their fault, but damn it, bikers, get out of the way! Why can't I turn this way? Like, yeah, come you don't on, need move. a race for yourself. Come on, man! Yeah, I'm not even racing. You guys are just riding. Right, that's true. That isn't a race. It's just yeah, a fun ride. It'd be different if it was a race. Like, okay, would it, I would though? understand that. Huh? It's, it's still biking. Well, well, no, but if it was a race, we could probably even cover it, get some tickets, and go. Oh man, we're gonna interview the. We're not really, but I'm saying as a sports station, <laughs> you should have seen my face. Like I'm not. I have I no interest it. in covering a local bike race. Yeah. So, but either way, like this, when I'm when I'm seeing it, and when you text me yesterday and said, "Oh, the, you know, the bike thing's tomorrow," I'm like, oh, "Fudge." I'm very That's happy that worst. I find out about this now beforehand, and this is totally random. It's just, I think I saw it. Yes, was it yesterday? I texted you about it. Yeah. Or Friday, one of the days, and I, I think it was just on Twitter. It was somebody else. No, it wasn't. It was a Facebook promoted article from the Oregonian about the bike race. And without that, I would have had no idea. And I probably would have been trying to cut it close as per usual. And then realizing, oh, no, it's bike race day. Oh, no, Joe's not here today. Oh, God. So I was very thankful that the social media gods, the algorithm gods gave me the notice that I needed. I was sitting it. here like, oh, well, looks like Lynch is going to be solo for the first couple segments because I'm not sure how I'm going to get there. Well, that's, I was I was nervous about that. And I was sitting here like, I have to just talk oh. and talk and talk and wait and hope that Rashad gets here. <laughs> yes, I'm definitely coming. But so shout out to the officer who was just smart enough this year to say people are turning. People are turning right right here. Let's just let those guys. This is go. not a race. You can stop yeah. biking. So, you know, so I appreciate that today because that was the part I was most worried about. Once I actually get here, how long is it going to take me to actually be able to park? Well, on the show today, I, I think I'd like to continue with our NFL previews. We began last week with the AFC North. We were talking about the Deshaun Watson situation, and that kind of just led us into the AFC North preview. There is... If if you want to do the same thing and go for news story to pick our division, that would be the AFC East because Zach Wilson got hurt this week, uh, two to four weeks, and it was a non-contact injury on a running play in the first week of the preseason. We can do that. Also, if you're interested, Malik Willis looked pretty good in his first appearance for the Titans in the preseason, so we could do the AFC South. What's sounding good? You want to do Bills, Pats, Jets, Dolphins? I mean, if we're going, if, I mean, if we're going through, like, you know, from, yeah, I guess we, well, we got to hit them all. I'm just, yeah, th- I'm just thinking all. of what's tied to what division right now. Um, what's tied to what division? Uh, oh, tell me you've, <laughs> tell me you've seen the magic that is Dan Campbell on Hard Knocks. I know you probably talked about that at least once. Uh, I'm actually choosing not to watch Hard Knocks this year, but I did see the clips of Dan Campbell, who is fantastic. <laughs> yes, we could also do the NFC North. Yeah, Dan Campbell is television gold, and so. Uh, 
You know I, what? I suppose That's a great idea. North. NFC North will be yeah. our division to preview today. We'll do that in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, that's the wrong hour. We'll do that in the 10 o'clock hour. 8 o'clock was, was an hour ago. ago. <laughs> I was in the car trying to get here at that point. 10 o'clock hour. Uh, we'll get to that. Maybe we'll do two divisions today. We'll we'll see We'll see what, what strikes our fancy. But I do want to begin with another bit of bad baseball news this week. And we have had yet again another PED suspension. And it's for a big-name player, for a team who made huge splashes at the deadline, who was trying to make a big name for themselves this year, make the playoffs and make a splash. And this will hurt. So we want to start there. If you want to uh, interact with us throughout the show, you can text us at the fan text line, 503-250-1080. You can also find us on our personal social media pages. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Joe, who is out today, is at JoeFish3FISCH. We did get a text before we go. We have a, one of our texters likes to do the ask anything segment. One of these is a baseball question, so I'll save that. The other one, uh, you get only donuts, cookies, pie, or cake for the rest of your life. Which do you choose? To me, this is easy. Uh, Very easy. And I'm going with pie. I hate pie. I so, love pie. I will, I love pie, too, but not, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know. Probably Probably cake. Um, I'm a big, See, I'm not. I'm not a big cake fan. It's moist. Mm. It's usually not though. That's the yeah. problem. No, it's something. <laughs> it's the wrong usually cake. pretty dry. Yeah, well, you're eating the wrong cake then. But yeah, uh, probably, probably cake. Cake is, you know, pie is gross. Pie is not gross. No, pie is gross. Sorry. Apple like, pie, cherry pie, oh, I get it. blackberry pie, pumpkin pie. Uh, that's the last one. Is the grossest one. If there's it's any the pie, most delicious one. There's any pie I'm eating, it's a sweet potato pie potentially. Well, it's just not even really a pie. It's absolutely a pie. It's a dessert. What do you mean? It's, it's absolutely a pie. Oh, my family doesn't eat it for dessert. So you know, it's, and that's a cultural thing. Is honestly, it? my family I mean? eats it as part of the meal. So you know, having. Um, you know, once having been being married to you know a woman who was not black, and bringing her to the family functions and stuff like that, and the first time I remember, she looks like, oh, it's good. Pie looks good. Is it pumpkin? And everybody kind of collectively looked like, what? Like, there's no pumpkin pie. Oh, you don't here. get pumpkin like, pie at all? No, it's it's sweet potato all day. You know, so it's it's yeah, it's one of those things. Pumpkin pie is disappointing. Yeah, pumpkin pie is it's okay. It's hmm. Like, yeah, but it's amazing. It's oh, okay. Well, we'll agree to disagree <laughs> on that one. But yeah, I don't mean I'm just not a, really a pie guy, you know, at all. I wish I were. I'm just I'm just not. Uh, the two texts that have responded have both picked pies. So I win. I mean, hey, you know I win. American they is, is pot pies. It's not as pie, American shepherd's as, pie. As, as American as cake. You know what I'm saying? Nobody says that. You know what I'm saying? As American as apple pie. Like it's, uh, it's an American thing. I get it. I love it. I don't like it. But, you know, go for it. <laughs> Cobbler is I love it. Kind of I don't okay. love it. You know, I don't like pie crust. And I think that's the main thing. I don't like like the the edge parts of the, like that that dry ass crust is gross to me. And so, which is kind of a reason I don't really like a lot of cobblers and things like that. But yeah, I I mean, I get it. Just not for me. You know what? So pies last. If any if we were ranking those things for me, pie would probably Actually, I'll take that back. Probably it would probably be second to last because um I like donuts. I don't like love them. Wow. So, yeah. Not much of a sweets guy, are you? Honestly, not a whole lot. Honestly, not a whole lot. Like, I, I mean, I love them when I have them, but if I'm doing something sweet, it's typically something sweet to drink. Uh, sweet tea, Gatorade, you know, uh, every... Did very... you just say sweet tea, Gatorade, or yeah. as in two different things? No, there's a sweet tea, Gatorade? No, that's why I was asking. Oh, no. The way you said say, it made me think there was a sweet tea Gatorade. No, no. Sweet, if there were, I would totally get that. But no, it's a sweet tea. You like just, sweet tea, I do. comma, Gatorade. Gatorade, okay. you know, <laughs> or, you know, like even even a lot of stuff with a lot, of, a lot of sugar, like grape juice and apple. Like, I'll I'll knock those down. But for the most part, like, if I want something sweet, it's typically something like that, not like. Or you just get, eat like regular fruit. Yeah. So I'll try, at least I try to. But if I, I I'm a more of a savory guy. Mm salty and stuff like that so i like sweet it's i, I good. tend to prefer savory as well but yeah. i'm a very well-rounded food person and, oh yeah uh, i know. love it all like once it comes like i'm a you know big fan of i here's another thing that's not incredibly uh i take a lot of flack for i hate cheesecake Ugh. wow cheese and cake together amazing you gag me with the spoon bro i'm good cheesecake so good have Ugh. you ever had 
the Italian style cheesecake as opposed to the New York style cheesecake. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, that is made with uh, ricotta cheese as opposed to cream cheese, and is a lot lighter and fluffier, and uh, better in my well, not better, but Listen, better for people who don't like cream cheese cheesecake. Cheese and cheese and cake don't go. I don't like cream cheese frosting. Like it's little stuff like that. Like I'm just like, ugh. Who are you? Pass. I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm, who are you? I'm very with with sweets. I'm very weird, but like I don't like the idea of like cheese and or it's, uh, like cheesecake. It's, it's ugh, ugh, so gross to me. Well. I'll just uh, go ahead and put this cheesecake back in the fridge for somebody yeah, else. You got to it. Take. Somebody else enjoy it. Yeah. Knock it down. All right. Well, let's begin. 503-250-1080 is the text line. You can text us there. I'd like to begin with the Fernando Tatis Jr. Suspension. 80 games for a young star in the game who we are learning very quickly at this point in his career, very immature. This is Sports Sunday. We'll get to that next on The Fan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back into Sports Sunday, 920 here on your Sunday morning. Thanks for listening on your weekend. There was a huge MLB PED suspension this week. Fernando Tatis Jr., the young star shortstop for the Padres, one of the most exciting young players in the game, has been popped for PEDs and is suspended for 80 games. He is ineligible for this year's postseason, and he will miss the first 40 or so games of the season next year. Fernando Tatis Jr. had not played yet this year. He was out with a wrist injury that he suffered in a motorcycle accident. The motorcycle being something that the Padres have asked him to stop riding because he was, I guess, reckless with it, and he said no and then broke his wrist, and he has been out all year, and now has been caught taking an anabolic steroid that he is saying, as per usual, was inadvertent and was as was part of a medication that he didn't do enough research on to help with ringworm, which is what he was claiming that he had. Uh, his mom then posted a picture proving that he had ringworm on Twitter. So that's the that's the story. But he did take a steroid, and he he's not appealing. He's like, yeah, okay. It's in this medication. If if he's telling the truth, which I don't buy because none of these guys ever told the truth, but if he is, if you'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt, then he's telling the truth and saying, I took this for ringworm and there was a steroid in there and 
I'm not appealing and I'm going to take my suspension, which he is. There's so many different layers to this that I think are fascinating. There's the initial layer of why on earth are you taking steroids if you're this close to coming back from your injury? Two, I've never seen a team react in the way that his team did to this. His GM and players all coming out essentially dumping on him a little bit. So it's been kind of an interesting week following this story. And I just cannot truly wrap my mind around the fact that players in this day and age with the testing the way it is are still trying to take steroids. And to that level, even more difficult to wrap my mind around a player who is already a bona fide star trying to take steroids. Unless I guess he's been taking it his whole career. I don't know. It's just been... It's been a strange week as a baseball fan for me, or a strange couple days, I suppose, since this news broke, because I know that it's still in the game, and every player that we've heard that's tested positive for it is like a ancillary piece that's trying to make it. And I and I, I can understand the temptation in that moment. I don't understand the temptation for Tatis here. He's already good. He's coming back from injury. His team's in the playoff hunt. What are you doing, man? And I think that's why. Because he's he's been hurt, hasn't played the entire season. And here it is, his team is playing well without him. Yeah, you know, you want to make sure you can get back to show that you can be an impact player or more than that, that you can help lead your team to a World Series. And I think, I mean, for a young player, and mind you, I don't know, you know much more about Tatis than I do as far as him being an immature player or anything. I'll tell you this, kid can play some baseball. Like, I mean, yeah, so, like, that's the one thing I do know is the, the few games I have seen of him, like, this, this guy can go. He can play. And so... You know, I've you feel bad for his team, especially you know because you you've been expecting for hell what six you know four or five months now for to to get your guy back and to get your your superstar back and then hold up he's gonna miss the rest of this season and then he's gonna miss forty games of the next season he won't be able to play in the post postseason I assume so nope. you know there you go your your season that was already you know pretty good you know now it might have just went from good to who knows because you might have been expecting that bat and that glove during the you made playoffs. some great trades you still got a lot of good yeah, players you've been but, playing without him all year but, but you know those guys weren't yeah. on the cover of mlb the show last year you know he was because he is one of the faces of major league baseball and so i was a little less I had to ask during the break is like, when did they put in the, the collective bargaining agreement that it'd be an 80 game suspension? Uh, I, I went and dug around 2014 actually was right. I was, that was a okay. total guess on my part when I told you in, in the break, but yeah, 2014 is when they made it 80 games. So that's when I was, you know, I was looking at some of the people that had, that had been suspended because of PEDs over the last little bit. And I was seeing like the Melky Cabreras and stuff got like 50 games. I was like, why are these guys getting 50? But that's why I had to ask. Like, it's just for I think clarity. that was the original suspension. Uh, Manny Ramirez got 50 yeah. when he was popped the first time. So, so I think it was 50 until 2014. Yeah. So, but then, you know, you, you see that 80 game suspension is being pretty consistent since then. You know, Robinson Cano got that 80 game, you know, pop for a while. So there's because a lot of 80 for your first offense, full season for your second offense. Permanent ban, third offense. And these athletes are, we as, as just like regular Joes, we don't really pay as much attention to what we put in our bodies. Now, if you're somebody that's incredibly health conscious and everything, then yes, you you pay attention to everything that goes in there. It's organic, it's, you know, it's homegrown, it's garden to table, like, you know, all that stuff. So professional athletes, man, they they know what they can and can't take. You know, now there, there might be some new new drugs out there that you know you don't know that some of those um some of those say same substances that are in peds are in those okay sometime it's just i just didn't know and and i and i can buy that sometimes but this is this isn't one of those things here you got a guy that's trying to come back from injury trying to get back for the playoffs i think he had a pretty good idea of what he was doing so it's kind of hard to believe the i didn't know and i'm sure he's remorseful because he got caught most people are remorseful after they get caught. Of course. That's usually when that happens. Like, they're not as remorseful when it's happening, but then when they get caught, you know, they see the disappointment in everybody else, and now it's like, oh, damn, I, I'm sorry. And the, the thing that's crazy about this is some of the team's response has been, I think, a little bit more 
filled with vitriol than we would have expected from a team and, and teammates on this. For example, AJ Preller, he's the GM of the Padres, said it's very disappointing. He's somebody that from the organization standpoint, we've invested time and money into when he's on the field. He's a difference maker. You have to learn from the situations. We were hoping that from the offseason to now that there would be some maturity. And obviously with the news today, it's more of a pattern and it's something that we've got to dig a bit more into. I'm sure he's very disappointed, but at the end, at the end of the day, it's one thing to say it. You've got to start showing by your actions. That's a pretty, I would say, for a GM to say that about their star player, one of their star players, pretty surprising to hear that despite the steroid. And suspension. I'm sorry, because didn't you just give him $340 million last year? You did. 14-year, $340 so you, million dollar You gave contract. somebody that you felt like needed maturity and all these other things. You could have gave him less than that, but instead you decided to give him 14 years, $340 million. Like, that's a you problem too. Like, mind you, I understand, like, placing the blame on him, but for and, – and that you're cheating in this case, right? That's what we're doing. You're, ta- you're taking PEDs, you're taking steroids, you're cheating. That's just that's, – that's the bottom line. No matter how we slice it, no matter – why the reason Barry Bonds still isn't in the Hall of Fame, as great as he was and everything, people view him as a cheater yep. because he took steroids. So now you look at Tatis and you're saying, man, he's, he cheated. And I think his team is looking at that as – Man, you cheated us for the ones that are are playing the game the right way, are being clean, you know, as far as what they're putting into their bodies and everything. And there is, man, there's all type of things that can help you recover and get better. Now, will it help you as fast as maybe a PED? Probably not. However, it's definitely there. And you being a pro, you have access at those at those things. And so I understand how everybody is disappointed. I don't like to hear that from the GM that just gave him. 300 something million. I can understand the teammates, you know, the the manager being disappointed they're not getting their their teammate back, their player back. I totally understand that part, but but that's the thing. That's the other part of this. They're kind of not. There was a, a clip yesterday of Manny Machado, Padre third baseman, right. who basically said, "Look at where we are we without him. We haven't had him in this clubhouse all year." And let's be real, and let's just be honest. And this is going any sport across the board. There's probably a little hate there. I let's would just imagine so. Let's, let's, just, let's just be honest. It's very here's frustrating. A, here's a 23-year-old kid that just got $340 million. And you're in the wild card. You're you're chasing a really hard-to-catch Dodgers team. But you still, just traded for Juan Soto. But still, everybody's talked about Fernando Tatis. Yeah. That's the that's the storyline. Really not just of the of this, but of the year. When you read any article, and I've had to because I knew we talked about this, about the Padres for the year, his name is always in there. Padres won. They beat you know one another one four in a row for the Padres without Fernando Tatis. The, the still waiting for their guy. Like that's what every article says because at the end of the day, it's still perceived as his team. And I think you got a lot of guys on this team that are resentful of that and have been doing work and and really, it's almost been doing it in spite of you know everything Tatis is kind of quote unquote bought to the team. I don't know how immature he is. I don't know anything about him. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, so I can't speak to the, the lack of immaturity, but I can say I know what it's like to be 23. And at 23, I still had a whole, whole lot to learn. And I still, you know, thought I was smarter than I actually was. And so, yeah, I just think there's some, probably some growing for this young man to do, but I'm sure he ain't going to want a 160 game suspension. So I'm almost for certain this will probably be his last time getting in trouble for something like that. Well, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to really be playing armchair psychologist here, but I did have this thought when this first came down of, do you wonder if the fact that he is the son of a former major league player has any effect on the way he's acted and or been immature about certain things? Like he got his bag. He made his huge contract. He probably, for most of his life, figured he would be a successful major league player because his dad was. Do you think maybe he got the contract and he kind of just went, screw it, I'm the best, I don't need to try anymore? Because of growing up in a family that already had baseball success as opposed to somebody who didn't have that and is fighting and clawing and scrapping to try to get and, and keep their career? Is that is that diving too far into I, the, the psycho- psychology of a person I, I don't know? Can or I ask what? you a question? Yeah. How would you be at twenty three with three hundred forty million? I'd probably be pretty responsible, but I, I was you? I was unique for that age. I would think you? okay yeah. because most of us weren't, yeah, and most of us wouldn't be, and most of us would be incredibly, incredibly arrogant. 
and um, really kind of kind of a kind of a jerk at at points. I can I can definitely understand that. You look at any amazing athlete when they were younger, they were kind of a holes. All of them, the ones that were really getting money, they were they were kind of jerks. You know, and it's just it's just one of those things, and it's something you get older and you grow out of a little bit. And I still think, man, you've got some teammates that are, are a bit resentful of the fact that he did cash this this huge check and plans to cash a lot more checks for the next 13, 12 to 13 years. You know, so, yeah, I think there's there's some of that, you know, uh, probably coming from fam- coming from money, coming from success already. You know, and now that he, and he's as great as he is like, well, there's a little bit country club in that kid. Absolutely. All right, let's take a break. I do want to. We're going to have a little bit of a shorter segment because we went long, and I'll, I'll slide this in here before we move into some football stuff. Uh, one of one of our texters likes to send us ask anything questions, and one of them was baseball-related, and I'd like to have a little discussion about it next. The question is, especially after yesterday's performance, um, where did it go? Is Jacob deGrom the best player in baseball regardless of position right now? And... The answer to that is a resounding no, and that's because it's Shohei Otani, and I think it will be Shohei Otani until he completely falls off the face of the earth. But I think that's an interesting conversation as well of Otani by default is the best player in baseball because of what he does doing both pitching and hitting. But is that actually not going to be a fair way to view the league moving forward with Otani as the lens. So we'll get do that quickly next, and then we'll get to some football. First, I have a sports center update. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.37 here on your Sunday morning. Mike and Rashad with you until 11 o'clock. Our divisional previews continue. We'll do the NFC North as the Lions are on hard knocks. Dan Campbell making a name for himself yet again for being a true football guy. Hey man, in the truest sense of the term. Hey man, he got dudes at practice crying and stuff. It's like, man, you were this dude is passionate. I, I and I like him too. So we'll 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 get to the NFC North coming up at the top of the hour, and maybe we'll do a second division in the in the second half of the hour, depending on what we've gotten to and what what we have coming up next. I want to talk a little bit about the debuts of the rookie quarterbacks in the preseason. Almost all of them played pretty well this weekend and giving some hope to all their respective franchises. So that's coming up next. But just quickly here, I wanted to throw this out there. We had a text that said, is Jacob DeGrom the best player in baseball right now, regardless of position? DeGrom has been back from the IL for two starts. He has looked just as good as he has always looked since he's returned from the injured list. He hasn't pitched all year up until the last two starts. He's absolutely sensational. Jacob DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, He's been hurt a lot the last few years, which certainly does limit how you view best in baseball, but it's DeGrom. He's got amazing stuff. But the question is, is he the most, or is he the best player regardless of position? 
as a baseball fan, I almost kind of hate this. It's the answer is no, because you have Shohei Otani in the league. And here, here's the thing about Otani. For those of us who are, are big baseball fans who follow the sport really closely, even if Otani is not elite at one specific thing in any any season, right? Last uh, last year he was like a, he pitched like a 380 ERA. He was a much better hitter last year. This year he's a much better pitcher, still hitting for some power, but his average is a little bit lower in in the mid 200s. Um, even though he's not having like the best pitching and hitting season at the same time, the fact that he's doing it at all is so sensational that. No matter what, Otani is the best player in my mind because of what he can do, because nobody else can do that. But I kind of hate that because it's it's kind of almost turning that conversation off without giving the respect to the guys who deserve to be included in that conversation who are having MVP seasons. Obviously, I'm biased. Uh, you know, Aaron Judge is having a phenomenal season, might, might set the non-steroid home run record. Hopefully, knock on wood, he's not taking steroids. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is hitting it like crazy in, in the National League. He's having an amazing year, but yet it's the Otani show. And that kind of frustrates me as a baseball fan that I know I have control over this, but deep down I know Otani's the best player in baseball, and I can't just get over that because he's he's doing something incredible. I mean, Shohei is, is incredibly fun to watch. For, for fringe fans like myself, like – He's must see. Uh, last week, I told you I was. I mean, I'm on the way to Seattle because I want to see Sho, uh, Shohei play. Like I just, I want to see it just one time because even if he doesn't pitch, he's gonna end up hitting. So it's like I just, I want to see that. I didn't get a chance to see it, um, but I did get a chance to see, see the games. And yeah, he's he's as good as advertised, man. Shohei Otani is great. But if I'm seeing as believing, I'm one of those people. Like sometimes you just have to lay eyes on somebody to be like, oh, okay, they got it. Aaron Judge, Aaron Judge is amazing. Did you see him homer in the game he went out there? So no, see he didn't homer. He did, you know, uh, drive a couple runs in, but he didn't homer. He got one that was super close, and he kind of got robbed, you know, towards the towards the uh, towards the wall. But uh, man, just watching this guy field, like he made some amazing catches. Like oh, it's like oh man, he's not gonna get there, not gonna get there. Long arms, long body, got it. He's a really good fielder. Yeah, like that's awesome. A couple home runs that the the Mariners should have had that he you know basically was able to rush out there and just make these beautiful grabs. I'm like, man, this guy. And then I sent you a picture. And you were, you were sitting out in right field. Yeah, I was also sitting kind of, um, I guess, I guess center field. Oh, like was he playing of, center that day? No, no, he was playing, you know, right. But, oh, okay. but I was, you know, kind of sitting out there. So I wasn't super, super close. Well, I was close enough. But just looking at that guy for even where I was at, I was like, man, this dude is massive. He is huge. Look at him. Like, and I sent you a picture like, man, this dude is, <laughs> this is a huge human, man. Like this. And so. You look at that and look at the shape of of, of just the body and the, the hitting. He's top ten in every single batting category. You know he leads the league in home runs. More like, has a great chance of breaking that record. I don't is he not annihilating the league in homers right now? Like oh, they're like the next person is twelve home runs behind him. Yeah. like he's he's gonna run away with you know at least for the with the record for this year. But uh, not I don't know if he's gonna catch that that Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is still the the, the no. record that we're. Well, or are we still going Roger Maris? Is Roger well, Maris I, that's still... why I said I, I think he has a good chance to break the non-steroid home run record, so you're gonna which is Roger Maris. The, the, the non-black guy league. Well, it's the non-steroid one. <laughs> okay, I would cool. have said it's the same for Mark McGuire, who's also yeah, white. Yeah. Uh, McGuire passed it, Sosa passed it, Bonds passed it. Those count. They're records. I'm just saying, for me as a baseball fan, if Judge passes Maris, that's special. It is. Well, and knock on wood, be, even unless mean, he's taking steroids. And it would it would be special to you because Roger Maris is a Yankee. Okay, so I think that's why. It but it's still the record. I, but see, Rashad, I think for people who are big baseball fans, I think that's still the view. Is there are people who hate the Bonds record? I, I understand that. I don't hate which it. is which is bull because the the ratings for Barry Bonds when he was on TV were higher than than baseball has ever had. Yeah, I at don't, that point. So I, I, don't, don't, hate I don't. I don't. It. I don't agree that people hated it and everything. They hate it now, but at the time they were just as tuned in as anybody. Well, of course. Else. I mean, it was it was spectacular at the time before you realized what was happening. But, but, but we knew it was happening then. Like it wasn't. Did we know it was it happening. Wasn't a then? Secret, no, it wasn't a secret. Barry Bonds was going through all that steroid stuff during his home run. Uh, um, was it know, during quest. that year? Yes, it was during all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I remember watching those games and those interviews. It's like, man, that's. 
That's crazy. I'm saying there's a lot of dudes that are in the Hall of Fame because of steroids. Barry should have been one, but I know we're not talking about him. We're talking oh, about who no. the best player is now. Yeah. And Shohei is great, but like we talked about this a couple weeks ago, how long is he going to be able to pitch? And how long is he going to be able to do all those things? Because I don't know because we've never seen this before. How many days do pitchers really? typically get off before their next game? Four. Every five is, days they start. This dude's playing every day, yeah. every game for the most part. Like, How long do you sincerely expect, as a baseball fan, because I'm going to defer to you in these these conversations. How long do you sincerely expect him to be able to be a phenomenal pitcher and a phenomenal uh, 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 bat? Sincerely, I don't know because we don't really have a basis to argue anything otherwise than high school and college. That's it. You know, watch it and enjoy. Yeah, you know? high school and college is the only time you see guys do both. Do both. Yeah. You know, and so now you're. Like, Specializing is important. You're playing 180 games, you know, or excuse me, 160 games, and hopefully, uh, play 162, right? Yep. Yeah, and and then some playoff games at that if you make it there. Like, taking care of your body is important, you know. So I, I don't I, know. I just, As a pitcher, and mind you, if you were so if many people keep coming out and saying that, and I understand the basis of it because it's you're doing two of the jobs at once that are both incredibly physically taxing. Absolutely. But we just. I don't know. You have uh, he's been doing this in, in Japan, too. You, you know how yoked you have to be to really hit as as well as Shohei and Aaron Judge? Like, you know, it's in baseball. Michael Jordan said it in the uh, his, uh, what was it, the last last dance or whatever. Like, man, baseball shape is so much different from basketball or football. Your your body has to be able to move in totally different ways. And for, for me, looking at a guy like Shohei, who's also a ginormous human, like Shohei is not small. So... I'm just saying, like, for him to pitch that well with that arm, and we know with the Tommy John and everything like that, like, pitchers, you just see the, the Jacob DeGrom has come back from injury for the first time since when? Best pitcher in baseball. He only pitches. Yeah. First time since when? So how long do you expect? And he's young, so, you know, he'll have some time to do stuff. But, man, like, I, I just want to know what's what it looks like moving forward. Because right now I'd say Aaron Judge because – He's not pitching, you know, every every few days and then batting it, you know, so it's just one of those things. I'm I say it's Aaron Judge. You clearly know better than I do. I think Shohei is a just the Luka Doncic of of baseball. Like you just got to see this guy to really know what it is. All right, let's take a break. Let's switch to football. We got the divisional previews continuing in the next hour, but we'll wrap up our number one with a little quick whip around of week one in the preseason and how those rookie quarterbacks did the answer, much better than you'd expect. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Our last segment here of the first hour. Divisional previews continue next hour in the NFC Norse Division. But we do have some overreactions to preseason games coming. Maybe not overreactions, just, you know, taking a look at those first-year quarterbacks who made their first appearance for their NFL team in preseason week number one. All of them played. You had Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and Trey Lance. I guess Trey Lance would be, well, I guess he's second-year quarterback, but, you know, he barely played first, last first year. First-year starter, First-year starter. All did play, and all played pretty well. There's that. There's more too. Uh, Sam Howell, he's on Washington now. Did you remember that? He played mm -hmm. pretty well as well. And Matt Corral was uh, for Carolina. He did not play very well. There are other guys who played, obviously, but the 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 big name guys are the ones I mentioned at the top of the list. And we'll start with with Trey Lance because I this is a personal thing for me, but I'm friends with Andrew Nemec. He's been in here the last few days doing the show with Souk, and he is a huge Niners fan, and has been all about Trey Lance since they drafted him. He wanted them to draft him. He was thrilled when they did, and he was losing his mind watching the game on Friday because <laughs> Lance was playing really well, and he had a really well-executed, deep 76-yard touchdown pass to uh, some receiver I'd never heard of before. But he looked, he looked good. He looked good. He, he didn't play a lot. None of these guys played a lot. Let's be clear. There was like one or two drives, and that was it. He was four or five, 92 yards in a tutty for Trey Lance. But he looked solid. Kenny Pickett went 13 to 15, 95 yards, two touchdowns, including the game-winning touchdown. As like two seconds left in the clock, they scored a touchdown. Malik Willis had the highlights going crazy on social media. 
He had a rushing touchdown. He also went six for 11 with 107 yards. He looked really evasive out there, maybe a little too evasive, may have run into the run a little bit too much, but showed some flashes for a guy that I think people had some questions about just because of his style of play and whether or not he would be able to throw as uh, accurately and as, as you want. And then Desmond Ritter for the Falcons. Mariota's the starter there, and they already named him the starter there. But Ritter played pretty well. He threw two touchdowns. He didn't throw any picks. 10 of 22, 103 yards. And it was a good start for and all it, these young and guys. And in my head, I'm looking look, looking at Mariota going, oh, no. Mariota played pretty no. well, too. No, yeah, but I mean, when you watch the guy, like when you know you're a starter, but you're a starter until they find an actual starter. Like Marcus Mariota is going to go down as one of the greatest college football players of all time. And when you start talking about the best, what, 15 college football players over the last, like, 25 years, Mariota's probably going to be one. It's just, I mean, if, if we're talking uh, in terms of that. Just as far as NFL, just not there. So to watch somebody that's probably projected to be the starter for the team, possibly moving forward at some point, you know, or even just somebody that's coming up behind you, it's like, oh, no, don't have a good game. Like, I want to win. Well, they already they already named uh, Mariota the starter. Of course. They've named him the starter. But, yeah. again, when people come into the preseason and actual, you know, um, game time and they play well, now all of a sudden your, your offensive coordinator and your head coach is going, uh, okay, we, we know who our starter is, but he makes a couple mistakes. We're pulling him, and we're you know you're, Aaron Rodgers is worried about Bryce Love taking you know he can, Aaron Rodgers can throw seven Jordan touchdowns. Love. Jordan Love, excuse me, Jordan Love, uh, can, or Aaron Rodgers can throw seven interceptions in a row. He's not being pulled from that game, you know. But Mariota makes a mistake or two, you know, he has fumbleitis. He drops the ball once, throws a pick. Yeah, give me Vaughn. <laughs> it's time. It's time <laughs> for Ritter. Vaughn. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. With Mariota, at least not to completely change the the tenor of the conversation, but with Mariota, I almost feel like they're going to give him more time than you would expect in this situation. They didn't draft Ritter with the thought of he's going to help immediately. He was a lower pick. He had shown flashes at Cincy, obviously, and, and the Bearcats were good when he was there. But, you know, into the draft, there was not a lot of talk about him being the next big star. That's not to say that he won't be. Obviously, we've we've seen that happen many, many, many times in the NFL. But I think they're going to give Mariota a longer leash, which is good. And I don't, I feel bad for Marcus because he's getting his what I think will be his final chance to be a starter. It's like every quarterback who struggles and fails in their initial entry into the league gets that last go. And I think this is Mariota's last go. The problem is, is that the Falcons have one of the worst rosters in the NFL. They have are predicted I think to finish like with the second or third worst record in the league, maybe even the worst based on some of the, the betting sites that I saw. So you're putting Mariota in a, in a situation where he doesn't have a lot around him to succeed, but maybe because he has a longer leash, you might see him kind of find a rhythm and actually maybe not with the Falcons, but actually make, make it, make it so that he can play as a starter again, moving. Forward. And I think it's pretty, I don't want to say easy to say that the Falcons are probably going to finish fourth in the NFC South, but you know, with you, you think um, Christian McCaffrey is going to be back and healthy for the Panthers, so you assume they're going to slide into that third spot. Jameis Winston got LASIK, so we'll see what that does for him. We know Jameis was play. last year. Was that last year? But then I he guess got, he got hurt. hurt. He yeah. was really good for the first few weeks of the season, and then he got hurt. So you know, if if he can stay upright, then yeah, I think that's going to be a tough division for the Falcons to to win, but. It's hard for me, Lynch. I'll be real. Like when watching preseason, there's only so much I can take from it. Oh, like, so I, it's, yeah, I it's, didn't it's, watch anything. No, I'm no, just I'm, talking. I'm just reading about the oh no the performances. For, for for me, it's like I try to watch just a, a couple a couple snaps. You know, it's football. So yeah, watch I mean, a couple snaps. TV. Yeah, if it's on the team, all NFL Network. I'll leave this. I'm, I'm folding clothes. I was like, I'll leave this here for now as I'm just doing this. And so like it's it's tough to t- have a, a, a huge opinion about where these teams are and what's going on. Like. The um isn't aren't the Ravens like undefeated for like twenty yeah. twenty one something like that? Yeah, you know, and they won the again. So and mind you, it's the preseason. Like who who cares? Unless well, they care. Yeah, that they that is something I learned, and I think it's obvious that because they've won twenty one straight games now, they have an organizational philosophy to win in the preseason, because they say winning breeds winning. So 
I, I know it. I know it doesn't matter in the same way, but if we're winning in the preseason, it'll carry over. That's just their philosophy as, as a team. And well, no other team really has that, and they win. No, no, no other team definitely has that. So I'm glad they're winning in the preseason. And you just hope if you're a Ravens fan, it can you know equate to real wins during the real season. I think that's what you're looking for. And hopefully, if your quarterback is able to you know stay healthy, you've got a real chance. All right, let's take a break. We've got the divisional previews coming up to begin the next hour. NFC North will be where we start because Hard Knocks has begun and the Detroit Lions are the team of choice. I'm actually choosing not to watch Hard Knocks this year because I find Hard Knocks to be very repetitive and they have not changed the formula at all in the last five years. Although there is an in-season Hard Knocks that's coming on. Have you heard about that? I watched the first version of that, which was last year for the Colts. Oh, okay. Which was pretty good. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that'll be a nice change of pace as far as... It was a great change of pace. Yeah. But it was still a lot of surface-level stuff. It was more interesting because it was games that mattered, but there was still a lot of... Like, Frank Reich was just so surface-level in all those interviews and stuff. And it's the same problem I have with All or Nothing, which is another show that's mm-hmm. on Prime that, that follows in-season. It's... You really want that show to be good because you want to be on the fly you want to be the fly in the wall you want to kind of feel like you're part of the team but they never give you that access only they and you show know what, you what they want to show it you. truly depends on i've seen some hard knock seasons that have been awful and then there's others that have been really really good you know and i think it's just a matter of the um the personalities of the head coach the personalities of the the new rookies that are that are coming in like for whatever reason the browns one was really good like, well, I think a, that's because Hugh Jackson was kind of a joke. He was, he was, but you know, but to watch that, but then you watch, you know, Baker kind of struggle, you know, at first with little things like that. You remember the whole Josh Gordon uh, thing that mm-hmm. was going on from that? Like all that was kind of happening, so it made it relatively, you know, the Raiders one with with uh, with Antonio Brown and burning his feet, and the we got to see, we really got to see the the downfall of what was the best receiver in football. Like that was like so that was one of those moments. So that's why like hard knocks can be okay. Then there's some seasons where it's just like yeah, you should just have two episodes and move forward. I just I'm I'm tired of the formula. That's all. It's, I get it. The problem is is all the rookies they choose to follow like none of them are making the team. And I think we because we've now seen that multiple times, we know. So it's like oh this scrappy seventh round pick is got a really good personality. Let's introduce you to their family. Let's do this. Let's do this. And they're cut. Yeah. And it's like, and but, you I, always, but I know they're getting cut, and so you, I can't get attached. And you always feel bad. And you're always like, damn, they they cutting? Oh, I don't man, always I liked feel bad. Him. I always do. <laughs> I always like, man, I like that dude. Like, man, I'm mad they cut him. He was good. Just saying. All right. Well, we'll get to the divisional previews with the NFC North next because Hard Knocks has returned. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 